This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Danny Cannell, one of my absolute favorites. Cover 3 podcast, CBS Sports. He is everywhere. Sirius XM. I'm frankly surprised he is not on the air somewhere right now today. Bet Online makes it all possible. Sir, do you have eligibility left to take over since our guy Jordan Travis is done? Oh, man, was that heartbreaking. Yes. I wish I could. Um, you know, he's, there's a lot of talent around him, you know, or, or, or on the field for Florida State. That's why I do. You know, it's devastating. I feel awful for Jordan Travis. But if anybody's thinking about writing off Florida State, I would say just hold on a minute because they still have maybe the best duo at wide receiver between six foot seven Johnny Wilson and <laughs> six foot four Keon Coleman. Yeah. Like that makes a young quarterback's job that much easier. But what I worry about the most is just the leadership aspect yeah. because Jordan Travis has provided so much to that team's stability, you know, work ethic. Hey, let's focus on the prize at the end of the season. Um, it's a devastating loss for sure. But it also could be, Adam, it could be that cause to rally around. You know, I mean, you know, 18 to 23-year-olds are always looking for something. You know, mm-hmm. coaches are looking to spark their team in some way. And maybe that is something they could kind of rally around to kind of do it for Jordan. Danny Cannell is joining us here again. Thanks to Ben Online. Uh, Tate Roadmaker is the uh, the guy who will take over. Uh, and he did, and he got it was just North Alabama. Got him out of that game. Uh, going down to the swamps, a little bit of a different animal, but a gator animal. But the um, they're they're also without their starting quarterback as uh, Graham Wirtz is out. Uh, and it's really the next week. Not not that that's this is going to be an easy game this week, but it's really the next week. That is the bigger problem, probably, with Louisville at 10-1 and one on the year. But here's my question. If, uh, if, uh, if Thad Busby and Peter Tom Willis could, <laughs> could be on the cusp of winning national championships, you know those names. Some of our listeners don't know who those people are, who those two guys are. So it is about the rest of the team. So, And I, I, saw, I heard so many people basically knocking Florida State down the list even as we head to tonight for the uh, the latest fake selection show, that I think we got to wait and see how Florida State plays uh, on Saturday in Gainesville and then the following Saturday uh, against Louisville and Charlotte before we make any determination. You're 100% right. Um, I, I do think they're going to get knocked tonight. Like, even if Jordan Travis had been healthy and been fine mm-hmm. and threw for 600 yards, they probably would have dropped because it was North Alabama. And meanwhile, Washington was beating, you know, a top 10 opponent in Oregon state on the road. Like that's yep. an impressive win. So I think Florida state was going to drop. And I, I've, it's been interesting because I've seen a split between analysts. I've seen some, and I mean, shoot, even before Florida state lost Jordan Travis, I saw Desmond Howard and Kirk Herbstreit saying, man, undefeated Florida State could get left out if certain things unfold, which I think is crazy. Mm-hmm. But to your point, like, yeah, you have to let this play out. And I'll take it a step further. What if Florida, if Tate Rodemaker throws two interceptions, but they win against Florida, and if he throws two more interceptions, but they win against Louisville, how can you crush a team for winning? You know, it may not look the same, but that to me would right. mean. Maybe their run game steps up. Maybe the defense steps up. Like, 
It's the greatest team sport we know for a reason. Uh, and I, do, I think Tate Rodemaker will play fine. I think he's really good. Remember last year against Louisville, ironically, on the road, Jordan Travis got knocked out of the game before halftime. And Rodemaker finished out the game for him and, and brought him from behind. And that was a tough spot for him to be in then. So he's been in this situation. Granted, it's not the swamp, but I totally agree with you. Like, let's see how this thing plays out before you start, you know, just saying, well, no matter what, they can't be included because they don't have Jordan Travis. Like, that's just ridiculousness if anybody, you know, has that thought with a lot of meaning behind it. Danny Cannell is joining us, former Florida State quarterback. Now he has 17 jobs, uh, including mm-hmm. Sirius XM. Uh, he is here representing Bet Online. We're going to get to some uh, some of the lines, which I find uh, pretty interesting coming up this weekend. Uh, I realize now that I've been mispronouncing Tate's name, Rodemaker, not Roadmaker. I don't know. Don't worry. Everybody's been doing it's it. Fine. Everybody's been uh-huh. doing it. But that's the thing about him. Nobody knows who's the, like, who, who he is. I mean, I remember it was, uh, you know, good luck to a tag of a, like, <laughs> right. to a Tagavoga. Like, no one knew his name. Like, this is the time when you learn his name, and good for him because, you know, I. This is great, Adam. I used to remember, like, I was Canel. I was, you know, Canel. You know, I was a lot of different names before I got to play at Florida State. Like, it's, it's a part of the process, right? It's what, something he's going to go through because all of a sudden he's the guy, and now you get to look at Florida State's, you know, future regardless. I mean, he's the starter next year, too. So we'll get a look at how he goes. All right. Uh, by the way, it took me uh, until uh, DJ Uyunglele transferred to Oregon State <laughs> to get his name uh, yes. correct. So real, I want to I pare down the scheduling thing here because Washington's schedule has been backloaded. Last yep. year, TCU's schedule was backloaded. Is there a lesson here that um, maybe the ACC should sort of incorporate where their schedules are sort of, I mean, smart people can figure out, yeah, we think this team's going to be really good. We think this team is going to be really good. Not only backload the schedule, but maybe have some, uh, maybe we we reserve the right to pick and choose certain games so we know that this team, who should be good, isn't going to be uh, dinged for a bad schedule. Like Louisville, um, even though Louisville's schedule ended up being better than people think in the mm-hmm. in the league based on how everybody finished, is there some lesson to be learned about how we schedule in football? Adam Golden Studio with my man, Coach Pete Deruta, Capital Financial Advisory Group. Financial advice industry can be overwhelming for a lot of people. Is there a way to be sure you're getting the best service when you don't know? Yeah, Adam, it's not just if you gave the money to a planning team and they did good the first year. I mean, anyone could do good for one year, but it's a track record and it's a long-term accounts that are very important. We call that a financial fill-up strategy, Adam, and that gives you lifetime income you can never outlive. We'll put together for you, the listener, your very own total retirement plan if you call right now. Call and claim your comprehensive review with Coach Pete and the team, 888-843-0013, or text ADAM to 600-700. Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. Yes, uh, especially when you have this finish where it becomes more of a beauty pageant than it does a true playoff. You know, like, I mean, it shouldn't matter whether Florida State, you know, I keep going back to them because they're kind of the one on the outside looking in and they need style points and their schedule appears weak as they're coming in the home stretch. And they can't help it that the Florida Gators are five and six you know, they could have helped North Alabama. That's an FCS opponent, but they already played LSU, which mm-hmm. seems like one of the best wins of the season. 
And yet here we are, and it's like, ah, no one remembers that. Right. Florida State, boy, they haven't been impressive. Uh, Clemson was front-loaded. That was in the first month of the season. And now, you know, people are trying to write off that win, like, ah, it's not that big a win, but they're still probably going to finish 8-4. and four. <laughs> And then meanwhile, you've got Georgia, who played nobody right. the first six wins of the season, number one. You've got Michigan played nobody till week nine. They're number three, and they've had some of their more impressive wins. Like they beat Penn State. Like, ooh, that looks great. Meanwhile, I don't think it's that great of a win, but Penn State's undefeated when they beat them. And it's like, oh, man, that looks like a re- they were one loss. But still, you get my point. Yep. So, like, if I'm an athletic director paying attention, I'm saying if I'm Michael Alford, athletic director at Florida State, like, why did we, why did we risk a loss versus LSU when we could have scheduled somebody much easier and maybe on the back end either plugged in LSU or a strong group of five or another power five opponent this past weekend that would have been a better resume builder. Like it's some of the dumbest things that happens in our sport. I love our sport, but like the fact that we have to judge resumes off of 12 game season and we're supposed to do it in its entirety, but recency bias 100% creeps in it's one of the many flaws of our sport. There, there's no question. I, I criticize the ACC every year for patting themselves on the back for scheduling more non-conference Power 5 games than any other league. And they do. It is routine how many more non-conference Power 5 games uh, the ACC schedules. Um but they don't get credit for it because there's no mechanism really in the sport. They talk a no. good game, uh, but Georgia's and you, yep. And do you remember? Because it seems like it was a decade ago when the ACC was four and one in the first couple weeks of the season versus the SEC. Yeah, I mean it was like, and no one remembers that. It's like, oh, the ACC is awful. They only have two teams ranked in the top twenty-five. Well, what about those records? Don't they matter? By the way, NC State is absolutely 100% deserving of being a top 25 team. Correct. Why Tennessee is a top 25 team. The only reason you could say is because SEC. Yeah. Like, they only have SEC losses, which weigh more than ACC losses. It drives me insane. North Carolina, another one. They're still having a really strong season. They're going to get probably bumped out of the top 25, even though I don't think they should. Like, it's just ridiculous. I think Clemson will finish the season in the top 25. But like they like how quickly we forget that the S, that the ACC dominated those matchups. The only one they lost was Tennessee Virginia, which you know is kind of a write off because Virginia is still struggling this season. But every other matchup, like the ACC dominated, no one cares. Like I do think some of that is on the ACC for not promoting it enough yeah. throughout the season. And then you know how come the ACC doesn't get credit up for banging up on one each other, and yet the Pac-12 who's widely viewed by everybody as the strongest conference yeah. this year, they've been kind of falling apart here towards the stretch, the home stretch, but no one seems to care anymore. No, you're 100% right. It, it is It is about perception. It, and it's funny because we, we talked to your, uh, your friend Jerry Palm a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. uh, and we were comparing, you know, I guess it was Georgia and Florida State. And I'm mm-hmm. like, wait a second. Florida State, well, the ACC is not that good. Like, wait a second. How do we measure the ACC not being that good? Is it because that's what we imagine because we've been told this now for eight years or uh, do we look at results and the ACC with still some games to play this this weekend, five and two against the SEC. So Mm -hmm. how do we measure (laughs) the if we can't use the results, then why do we even play the games? 
Uh, so are let's... we? Is that is that with the record? I'm writing this down, Adam, because I hadn't. Been, so it was four and one. I knew through the first couple weeks. We're up to five and two. I, I thought it was. I thought it was five. It, you might be right. You might be uh, four and one. I know Virginia no, lost. Might... I know the first weekend it was Virginia lost to UVA, but it was A and M lost to Miami, Florida State beat LSU, North Carolina beat South Carolina, and Wake beat Vanderbilt. That was early. Right. And then and then we still have for the ACC. A lot of games, like Georgia Tech. We'll just go ahead and assume oh, that's yeah. a loss. For <laughs> we'll assume that's a loss. <laughs> that's a loss. But we have, but it could be a huge weekend again. Now, the ACC. This is a spot where I would have my PR tweet, article, yes. whatever you want, ready to go. Because if Florida State beats Florida, if Louisville beats Kentucky, both favored in those matchups. You better have that ready to go. Like, why wouldn't you pump up the conference? Uh, they absolutely should. Uh, you, yep. I think, I think your four and one number is probably right. Um, but there are three more games this weekend. Clemson needs to beat South Carolina. Louisville needs, needs to take care of Kentucky. And yep. how about Georgia Tech? Just be plucky, and they are yeah. plucky. Just be plucky. Yeah. Make life be a be a speed bump. Be uh, maybe even more. Maybe a speed bump with one uh, with like a nail sticking up out of it for Georgia, just to give them uh, a little bit of a difficult time. Let me let me ask you quick before we have to say goodbye. A couple of games: North Carolina at NC State. Are you surprised that the Tar Heels are a slight favorite in this game based on how everybody's playing? A little bit. Um, I get it because it does feel like, you know, North Carolina, they're kind of like they're having the same defensive issues are cropping up. Mm -hmm. We can't get the stops. I do think this has a lot to do with the advantage of quarterback, right? I mean, You know, you've seen Brennan Armstrong inserted back. The MJ Morris situation, boy, that was a interesting scenario as he takes the red shirt. Mm-hmm. But I do think that's probably more about just kind of the respect for Drake May more than anything. Uh, and I, I get, I think, I think Dave Dorn has done one of the better jobs in college football. Yeah, you know, uh, this season, just being able to play with multiple quarterbacks, overcoming a lot of adversity throughout. Um, you know, but like, I mean, and North Carolina a couple weeks ago was in a dog fight with Duke without Riley Leonard, you know? So yes, that's a good point. And Carter Finley, I think that's a really tough place to play. And in a rivalry game, I am, uh, I am surprised by that one for sure. Uh, I, I actually like state in the game, which might be yeah. an indication that North Carolina is going to win. Uh, <laughs> no, I would lean with you as well. I'm with you too. I would like the home dog here. All right, let me go to uh, maybe the – it's probably the best game or the most anticipated game every year, Ohio State and Michigan. Uh, the The line opened at Michigan minus four. Is it a Jim Harbaugh – is he worth a half point to Ohio State? Because the the, the line is now three and a half, Wolverines yeah, favored. This one is so tight. You know, you mentioned it. I think this is the perfect example of how cyclical college football is because as rivalries go, like a few years ago – it was, you know, LSU-Bama was always the game to have for national championship implication. Before that, it might have been the Iron Bowl, Alabama-Auburn. Yeah. Florida State-Clemson for a while there was always implications, national title implications. And now it's kind of Ohio State-Michigan's time. And it is a per- like, it is great, especially the offseason storylines we've had this year. Oh, my goodness. Yes. I'm going to make a prediction here, and this has nothing to do with the line. I kind of think Michigan's going to dominate and win again the line of scrimmage. But... Here's my prediction. I think you can lock it and take it to the bank. Okay. If if Ohio State wins, Ryan Day 
will give one of these, because it's very trendy for college coaches now to have this WWE-like victory speech. <laughs> I mean, we were just talking about Dave Dorn. Remember right. he called out Smith, Steve Smith Sr., and he's like, yeah, I'm going to come here. You're like, Remember that one? Fantastic. We saw, we saw Ryan Day, after they beat Notre Dame, call out Lou Holtz. If he goes <laughs> into the big house and if he beats Michigan, I can guarantee you there's going to be a expletive-ridden, like, rant that he's going to give. Because I guess everybody's allowed to curse on national TV yes. now. Like, that's just a thing. Yeah. So there's going to be some F-bombs, and he's going to tell everybody, for the last two years, we've been playing with what – they've known the signals, and they've been – the only reason we've been losing is because they, they knew our signals, and now you see what happens when it was a level playing field. I guarantee you Ryan Day has that one dialed up and ready to go if Ohio State wins that game. But – I do give the edge to Michigan. I still think they're more physical, and I have my concerns about Ohio State's quarterback coming into this matchup and probably his toughest test yet on the road. Uh, I was just looking at Bet Online right now. That is, uh, if Ohio State wins, Ryan Day WWE style uh, yeah. post game rant is minus a thousand. Uh, yeah. So that's a given. Uh, Danny Cannell, you are the best, my friend. I appreciate your time. A happy Thanksgiving to you and yours, and we'll talk to you soon. Appreciate it, Adam. Always great catching up. Have a great Thanksgiving. Danny is uh, Danny is dynamite. Real quick, I meant to throw this in, but obviously did not. We don't have to go back that far where the most anticipated game every year, Florida State and Miami. I don't know if we're ever going to get back to that, partly because I don't even know if Miami's ever going to be anything close to that again. But that game used to be it. First Saturday in October every year. Usually a noon kickoff every year. And noon games, I know uh, Fox does their big noon Saturday stuff. Noon kickoffs. Really, that's the prime time for college football. Yes, I know. Prime time college football at night, blah, blah, blah. Noon games used to be it in college football. Anyway... Um, I'm looking forward to Saturday night between State and Carolina and Michigan, Ohio State. It's going to be great. And there are a bunch of rivalry games this weekend that are going to determine who's going to be in the final four of college football. And we'll get another fake rankings release tonight. I know you're excited. I'm so for excited. Those. <laughs> Real quick, before we get to uh, the other football, uh, because something weird happened last night. Um, I do think we'll see Georgia stay at number one. They, I mean, completely ran over Tennessee. Dan, Danny mentioned, I mean, we don't know how good Tennessee is, really. Uh, Georgia will stay number one. Ohio State will stay number two. Michigan will stay number three. I think we'll see Washington at number four. Florida State at five. Oregon at six. I think those are the leaders in the clubhouse, if you will. Um, Texas 7, Alabama 8, Louisville 9. Those are the are still players in this, although I don't think Louisville really is a player, although I don't see why they wouldn't be. The win over Notre Dame was pretty good, right? Um, their only loss is, is a bad one at Pitt, but that's their only loss. 